call is recording right now. Hello. So today we're going to talk about one of our favorite white boys, um, Mr. Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> yeah, before I think, okay, before we before we head into the Chadverse again, mm-hmm. I think I, I think the last episode, I said something last episode that's been haunting me. Last episode is a blur to me. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I I, I I I know I mentioned okay it's about the word shiksa what does the word shiksa mean <laughs> oh so shiksa and uh, it's a word from Yiddish and within yeah. Yiddish it means uh, a girl or a woman that is not Jewish so like okay. you know the word goy right so that's like yeah. a more neutral word for non-Jewish people and shiksa is like specifically for non-Jewish women and it's a bit derogatory uh, and it I know that one because the word shiksa got incorporated into Polish as shiksa and that's like for um, a hot babe essentially like so like kind of change the meaning but like it, it comes from Yiddish so yeah okay okay because like last episode I was mentioning Diana Agron uh, in Shiva baby. Yeah. And I've mentioned that she plays a shiksa, meaning to, okay, she's, she plays a girl that's not Jewish, the only girl that's not Jewish. And I thought yeah. I was applying it correctly. But then I looked up the meaning of the word. It's like, just like a girl who's hot or something. And I'm like, wait, but did I just call Diana Agron hot? Was that I mean, she is. I, said? <laughs> I mean, which is not, which is not wrong, but it's like, was that, I was making a point and now, I, I, oh that's all I did but no okay if I, at least I'm at least I got that part right yeah so uh, the official um the, uh, like dictionary entry for shiksa in Oxford is a noun often derogatory uh, used especially by Jewish people a gentile girl or woman so um, okay. and it and it is like the word currently is from Yiddish but it developed from like Hebrew like you know a lot okay. of words in Yiddish have okay. developed from and I think like and like I said, like, I know that in Polish, we also have the word, I mean, it's shiksa, not shiksa. And, but there is like a hot girl. So, I mean, okay, here. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, Diane Agron. Did I say that correctly? Agron. Yeah. Yes. Agron. Yeah, it's Agron, not art. Yeah, you got, yeah, it, you yeah. got it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she is historically very hot. So... No, I was not wrong. I was just like, I was making this entire point. I'm like, oh, she's actually Jewish. But oh, it's actually funny how in Shiva Baby, she plays a shiksa, like sounding all yeah. smart, knowing like, oh, yeah, I know how to mention when a girl is not Jewish and she stands out because of that. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it's, it's actually very interesting because Diana Agron is playing a girl who's hot. It's like, gives you much, much to think about. <laughs> like, who would have thought Diana Agron playing a hot girl? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love her. We're going in. We're doing another actor-based episode, solely yes. based actor-based episode. Um, Chad Michael Murray. We've mentioned him before. Have we? We have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the very first episode, Cinderella of story. Of course. And then we use him as a pinnacle of charming boyishness, I think. And every time we watch something, and an actor attempts that but fails. We say, you know, Chad wouldn't do that. Chad would pull through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Chad, Ch- Chad was everywhere in the 
mid two thousand early to mid two thousands. Like he that, was really like one of the the first like white white boys of the month. You know, like he was one of the prototypes. The pioneers of the white boy <laughs> of the month. Though. I mean, kind of to be honest, yeah. Yeah, like, like white boy. It was like white boy. It was like he had to have been white boy of the month, like every month for like at least like five straight years in the two thousands, right? Yeah, and he was, I think, also like the first one that emerged strictly from like quote unquote female genres or like chick flicks. Because I th- when I think about like the like previous prototypes of white boy of the month, like Yang Leo or uh, Yang Hu, uh, not Hu, um, Heath Ledger. I mean, Heath Ledger wasn't a rom-com, but other than that, they kind of, you know, they didn't really do those, like, movies for teen girls or TV shows for teen girls. Yeah. And Chad really, I mean, like, I think his, like, biggest known roles are in Freaky Friday, Cinderella Story, and in that TV show, One Tree Hill, I think, where he plays the main guy. Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah, he was... And let's lest we forget, he was in the first season of Gilmore Girls as well. And Gilmore Girls, like he was everywhere. Like, yeah, you had to have won a lot of White Boy of the Month awards. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, it would be interesting to check, um, like, to go past, to past that into past decades, see what media came out in within particular months, and just sort of retroactively diagnose with what the white boy of the month for that particular month was we could i mean it's maybe like you we'll... go into 1955 it's like oh james dean was the white boy of the month i mean like james, <laughs> james dean for sure i also feel elvis presley was probably a white boy of the month at some point um yeah. um the beatles obviously white the boys. Be- yeah those the white boys of the decade <laughs> yeah the white boys of the decade um uh, but I feel like in the 70s and then the 80s, you didn't really have... Oh, Al, Al Pacino was had to have been uh, it's like Italian boy of the month. Italian. <laughs> oh, yeah, because like Italians... Itali- I find it so fascinating that like Italians and Irish people who are, in, you know, on the spectrum of whiteness, I would argue, have for a very long time not been considered white in America. And I'm like, what's that yeah, about? Yeah, I think, yeah, they are, con- obviously they are considered white. It's just a different breed because they're like immigrants. You, you know, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I think now it's like clear, but like, in, I don't know, when you read something from the 60s, it's like, no Irish people allowed, no Italians because this is a white, like white zone only, but like they are white. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just like they're probably like fresh out, fresh in the country, and it's like we don't allow any immigrants here. And now everyone forgets no, that they were you know actually what, immigrants. And you know. you know what I think it is? I don't think it's essentially them being immigrants. I think it's them being Catholic immigrants. I think that's the, like the, the first the thing oh, that like, right. cancels out their whiteness, yeah. or like it used to cancel out their whiteness. Yeah, yeah. There's the Catholic. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they used to really care about that. Like. Like if you were Jewish, obviously you were cast. You obviously were cast out because of that part. If you were white, if you were not Protestant, you were also like looked at funny in America. So yeah, definitely. I find it. I find it very funny. The like Catholic, like I'm. I'm rereading the Secret History now, and the the uh-huh. character that gets killed off, Bunny, and this is not a spoiler. You find that out in the very first chapter. 
uh, he like he's a Protestant, he's white, like he hates and like he hates Catholics. He goes on a vacation to Rome and he's like pissed off that there's so many Catholics around him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like for all like, the reasons you can hate the Catholic Church and like that denomination, like like no, how do you, why would be why would you be surprised? Like I'm going to Spain and it's like there's an awful lot of Spanish people here. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Like, I'm going to Rome, where also you have the Vatican, the center of, like, the Catholic Church. Why is there so many Catholics here? What could you expect? Did you expect Imagine, like, like, going to, like, I don't know, Kenya, and you're like, why there's so many Black people here? Just like, this, this, this looks nothing like, like, like the people I meet on a day-to-day basis. Like, what was going on? It's not like I went to the completely different place. It smells it's weird it's funny here it's that something's up with this place <laughs> but yeah anyway coming back to chat so today we're going to talk about three movies from his filmography uh, we're going to talk about freaky friday uh we're going to talk about house of wax and we're going to talk about the the movie that i wish hadn't been made so uh ted horrible Bundy. movie horrible movie like i was watching it and i was like this like this is almost as bad as a terrible shade uh sharon tate movie and like i go on wikipedia and it's made by the same guy oh so yeah it definitely he also made right so yeah the the same guy that made the the terrible haunting of sharon tate and that terrible ted bandy movie that i'm gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about later also made a movie about the the murder of um, Nicola Brown, so the wife of O.J. Simpson. But O.J. Oh. Simpson is not the killer in that movie. It's like it's like an O.J. apologist movie. Oh, that's like, crazy! That is wild. <laughs> so, um, would you prefer to like go from worst to best, or from best to worst? Let's go worst of it. Let's get the worst out of the way. Okay, uh, so, uh, let's. So obviously we're going Ted Bundy, House of Wax, Freaky Friday, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. Okay. So Ted, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. That's the title, right? Yes, that's the title. I, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. I'm starting to believe that Ted Bundy is like the Joker of serial killers, meaning that like all actors want to play Ted Bundy. <laughs> I. I was sorry, I was just looking through this guy's filmography. It's like the same year he made. I don't know who this woman is, maybe you know. Um Eileen Warnow's American American Boogie Woman. He made an American Boogeyman what? and an American Boogie Woman. Is he like trying to do like a like a trilogy? Like, you know, like thematic trilogy or something? What the fuck? Um, let me oh I don't I I maybe I know her and I just don't remember like um what she did um, no i don't know her i don't know her a woman who inflicted mayhem within florida's high society oh my guy has Peyton list <laughs> um, wait starring nick valalonga <laughs> nah wait <laughs> this guy has an oscar <laughs> 
also uh, the haunting of Sharon uh, Tate's there is still a redoubt so we have like somewhat of a Cinderella story reunion within oh that oh my god oh, this, what did this guy do okay, okay this Nicole Brown Simpson movie seems absolutely insane deranged Mena Suvari oh god so oh this is crazy I mean oh oh I anyway. know uh, so Eileen, uh, what I know, uh, I, I don't actually know how to pronounce her last name. Anyway, she's the same killer that Charlize Theron portrays in Monster. That's a singer, woman. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. This guy's this. So this guy is insane. Uh, Seriously, what is he basing his career out? Is he trying to be like the director DVD, Ryan Murphy? What's I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think he, like, I don't know. Like, he came out of nowhere. And, like, what, what pisses me off is that, like, he's obviously making those true crime movies. And, like, he's making such, a, like, um, irresponsible true crime movies. Like, the way he, like, indulges in violence against, like, real-life people in those movies. But it's okay because there's like a female detective on the hand uh, forward so like it's like it's okay that like we indulge in a graphic violence towards women and it's not just like a character that i made up i don't know no no, no there's like I, these women are supposed to like portray real real life people who have been victims of this man right but like <sighs> this guy is something's off about this guy like the way so let's talk about this Ted Bundy movie. Okay. This is the most low grade, absolutely just. I mean, there's nothing here. Like it is so clearly, it's it's like it's like the cinematic, for it's like the cinematic cinematic equivalent of like one of those, like of like uh like magazines that you would see magazines about celebrities that you would see like so, like in the supermarket tabloids like why i don't know why i was scared the word tabloid <laughs> like it's like a cinematic equivalent of a ta- of a tabloid article yeah. about ted bundy it is a completely it's it's uh, i don't know if it's disrespectful but it feels disrespectful i mean you know i feel like you can be disrespectful towards ted bundy like i don't think i mean you know obviously i, I don't like this narrative that like oh He's a monster, whatever. I think that's like very, I think I've talked about this before, but yeah. I think that's very derivative. But like, I don't see a problem of like his portrayal not being truthful because like, I, I mean, Ted Bundy's feeling, I mean, he's dead, but like, I don't care. His feelings can get hurt. Like, I don't care. But like, what I really don't like about American Boogeyman, like, let alone that it's like a terrible movie. It's, it's so very amateurish. And it's so disrespectful towards the victims. And I feel yeah, like exactly. if you're telling a true crime story, you have to be respectful towards the victims. I think that's like... Of course. That's like if, And if you don't want to be respectful towards the victims, tell a completely fictional story where like you create those characters and like you're not actually... I mean, you know, the majority of those women are dead, but like some of them are not. And like imagine them... I mean, I don't think they would watch a Ted Bundy movie, but like, like imagine them having to like 
watch the worst experience of their life like we live we live them on that screen and like the majority of those women that um bandy attacked and raped and watched and killed which is portrayed in the movie they don't exist within the film beyond the like their violation within the film like the only exception are the like those um that uh, uh, sorority girls at the very end but like they're still portrayed as his prey like they're never given like this was a person and like something terrible to happen happened to them from like um at the hands of that man no 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 they just sort of exist there to be victimized and i think that's very irresponsible and i think that's very harmful yeah it just it really does feel like a tabloid where uh like the victims are just like oh just here's just another girl like every time they, a, a new girl appears on screen it's just like oh here comes a new girl for ted bunny to murder oh boy oh wow and it's it it really feels com- just completely trashy and um well, I heard that director was like oh no i'm being empowered at like i I'm not doing that because there's a scene where the female detective it's like very like um upset that the, her investigation is being cut due due to budget cuts and like she names some of the victims and like she gets like very angry on their behalf so like it's fine so, yeah like, oh it's like oh yeah no we have in the credits we we acknowledge the victims by saying that that their names and the, so no that's enough we can do whatever we want from then on it's like it's yeah. fair game but plus uh that female detective character was so funny <laughs> she was played by played by Holland Roden, who wasn't Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I, that's where I knew her from Tumblr gifts mainly. She was very fun in Teen Wolf, to be honest. I like, I mean, I don't think anyone in that film did a good job, but I do like her. So I'm happy that she got some cash. Yeah, it's, but like this character, just he feels like a parody of like a, like a pseudo feminist female detective oh yeah yeah. it's actually so empowering that i'm in the fbi and i'm a minority as a woman it's so empowering it's just like it's giving you the most basic ass monologues to say that like i am doing the most for women by being here it's like her entire character is that she's empowering women by being a woman in the fbi and the thing is also we don't it's so derivative and and the thing is also like we don't actually even see her doing her job. We just see her... <laughs> she just says she just says things that she oh yeah I'm doing my job and we're working very hard and catching Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh, but you know which scene like pissed me off the most is when they're in the bar and like you have that like old western and it's, like she supposedly coins the term serial killer and then like, <laughs> the guy uh, take the credit for it. You know what pisses me off the most because like. A lot of people think that the guy, I don't remember, I think it's Robert something, that he actually coined the term. But he didn't. It was a direct translation of a German term that was coined in the 30s. Oh, of course. Oh, that makes a little sense. Uh, but the way, I have no idea. Like, when I was watching it, I had no idea what the real origin of the word was. So mm-hmm. when so when this scene is like, okay, they're talking about the case, just standard scene between two detectives talking, like, they're bonding over the case, and it's like, moment of humanity. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you realize that the entire scene has been set up, so, and the punchline, so to say, of the scene is um, the detective saying, like, coming up with 
the the origin of the world serial killers like you know what these what, what were they called before like the repeat murder sequence no, sequence, sequence killers. killers sequence killers and she's like hmm they're called sequence killers but i look at the i look at the tv and they're playing these old tv serials and i realize maybe they're more like serial killers because they leave you wanting more and they keep doing it and i'm like is this a joke is this a sketch i mean you know like it just it pisses me off so much because like i feel like america especially like when it comes to policing has this complex that like we are the best police force in the world like like we i don't know like we introduce dna sampling and whatnot like all those things it's like no the, the with dna it was the british and like serial killer as a term was coined by the germans like other countries also have had serial killers and like no it was coined by holland roden when she was watching tv in a bar it says these these killers they're a lot like the tv shows because they keep because they keep making war <laughs> and like what also pissed me off is like when they hinted at like the at bandy's background right like what kind of made him um a killer or whatever like they like they completely ignore the fact that the very popular like no one knows who ted bundy's father was like no one no one knows right uh, but like the m- the majority of people think it must have been his grandfather so like that he was a son like that was he was a child of incest and probably rape as well <laughs> um and like it's true that like when he was born he was led to believe that his mother was his sister and like his grandparents raised him blah 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 blah, blah. and like i love the the, the line that like my mom was like like when ted ted bundy's mother talks about her parents right that like her mom was like now right in the head and like like as if she did something bad no his mother just had like her mother just had severe depression yeah the the grandfather slash father probably of ted bundy was like not only was he like very violent and like racist bigoted like all the fun things he was also very violent towards like in the house towards like his family members like there is a story that he pushed his sister down the staircase like and they just all those things all those i think like very important things and like you know the theory that he probably raped his own daughter and um uh oh he was evil that's it and i was like no okay no but have you but is is it not is it not just because he when he was a teenager he liked pornography is is it not because of that <laughs> uh, no yeah he just liked <laughs> pornography I'm, i'm pretty sure that's just it like because when, when they're investigating and they go they go to the mother's house and it's like uh, and um they're like oh but um we heard that he just he liked to watch violent images of pornography and of women being bruised we just like kinky shit and it's like oh yes that totally explains why she likes <laughs> why he likes killing women and like having sex with corpses as well yeah it it totally explains can we talk about the funniest scene in this movie which is okay. the montage when he is in sort of the the um, the university house and he's like going yeah. completely insane and like he is having sex with the with those 
with the mannequins. mannequins. Yeah. It's oh like God. he it's just like this montage where where he was like, Ooh, I'm going insane. It's like there's like neon lighting in the room. It's like it's time to go insane. So the editing was all like like spliced and it was all like um it was all very choppy. And it's like him just smelling the bed sheets and touching the mannequins and like inhaling things. And he was just like just going completely bananas and like looking at magazines. It's like this is this is what it truly feels like when you're inside a killer's mind. I just <laughs> you're being like, very horny around mannequins. <laughs> and like in red lights. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like red light. It's like the the music is all menacing. This is like this is the most deranged human being a human being has ever been. And like I, and then he wakes up and he's like, there's like mannequins all over him. Like, <laughs> like I, what are they doing here? Like, was this written by adult people? And this feels a like, serial killer movie written by a child. I mean, like first of all, I'm kind of. There's so many serial killers out there. Can we, like, please give Ted Bundy a rest? Like, I get it. His, like, trial was televised. He was very charming. Like, I get it. But, like, like be more original, please. And second of all, Bundy was a product killer, I think. Like, I think he enjoyed killing, but, like, he, he really liked having the body and, like, doing things with the body. So it doesn't make sense, at least to me, that he's fantasized with mannequins i don't know and also like i understand why they casted chad in the same way i understand why they casted zach efron because they wanted yeah. to play on that like element of charisma and like real ted bundy nuts like being very charismatic and not seeming like a threat to those women like that was like a big part of his modus operandi but I yeah. swear to God, he's so cringe in that role. Oh, he's so, oh, he's terrible. Oh, like, God bless his soul, but like, he's awful. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the, the whole movie sucks. So, like, I don't think it's entirely his fault, but I really don't think he's, um, he should ever play a serial killer again. I think he's much better as a cult leader. So, I don't know, maybe Mason in the future, but not, not, <laughs> not Bundy or any other killer because he because he just plays like a creepy guy it's like it's like the director it's like he gave it's like he like did not bother to do any prep for the roles like directors like and the probably the directing was so simple it was just like you know what you're playing a serial killer you know what serious killers are like and it's just like yeah i got it i got it like so he just goes ahead and plays a really creepy guy with a mustache yeah and it's like, like a fake mustache was like mm, i'm being very creepy around you mm-hmm. <laughs> Like they like they made this movie supposedly about Ted Bundy, but like it feels like non like no person during the entirety like the entire production did any research on Ted Bundy. It could it it feels like it could I don't know much about Ted Bundy and I've I haven't even seen the Zac Efron movie, which I assume it's probably not very good, but it's probably way better I than mean, this. I mean um, the 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 Ted the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie is done by the same guy that did the Ted Bundy tapes documentary. So at least it's like it's accurate in terms of like like I think Zac Efron does a very good job as like in like pers- like really embodying Bundy. I think he really does a good job. It's not a, I don't I don't think it's a good movie, but like I think 
Zac Efron does a good job at playing Ted Bundy. And what I also really liked about the Zac Efron movie is that they don't portray any of the killings. Like, oh, okay. So like because like the the director is like very uh, adamant on like being respectful towards the victims, so he doesn't portray any of the violence. He just sort of focuses on this relationship Bundy had with his girlfriend in the seventies, where he was like a very lovely partner, very lovely like adoptive father to the child of his girlfriend and like he kind of played on this um this idea that Bandy sort of represented as a serial killer is that like it's not the people that you think are serial killers like it's not all those scary looking people I mean they can also be but you know what like those charming guys that look like just like a great partner and they can even be a great partner can still are still capable of great violence so like you have to look you have to be vigilant and like just look for the red flags and actually you know focus on the behavior not just the aura and that's why I, he, that's why he also wanted to cast Zac Efron because like Zac Efron has yeah. this like very positive relationship with the audience being you know in high school musical usually playing the good guys and I think he's quite like he's like a charming himbo in real life I would say and having him play Bundy really like sort of amplifies this message that like you can't typecast killers, especially in real life, because that's how you get yourself in danger when you think that like, oh, this stranger doesn't look like he's gonna kill me, for example, right? Um, but yeah. 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 At least I haven't seen it, but there at least there's, there seems to be there ha- it's, there seems to be in this movie an element of specificity in when it comes to okay let's portray this actual guy and what it seemed to be like and mm. let's craft like a like a very specific portrait of this guy and meanwhile in this movie it just like it, it it doesn't it, it it's called ted bundy american boogeyman but it feels like any serial killer it could even be a made-up one it's just a stereotype of a creepy guy yeah. who kills people yeah. it's like <laughs> that doesn't see i don't know much about his story but there's like it's so thinly sketched just like you see him and he's like the first time you see him it's like oh there's a creepy guy with a mustache that must be the serial killer <laughs> it's like and then in every scene it, like he hacks the say it's like mm, i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna stalk you <laughs> mm. So when he's by himself, he's all like deranged and like fondling mannequins. So like, what are we supposed? What's the like the complicated portrait we're supposed to have of him here? Like, what's what, what? Where's the new It's Just nothing because this movie it, it it literally is a tabloid in movie form. And I don't know who was in charge of hair and makeup, but like, if you're dying, Chad Michael Murray, like Chad Michael Murray, very famous blonde. If you dye his hair like very dark brown, at least also dye his stubble or like make him shave it off. Because you, you can see his blonde hair in the stubble and the like ridiculously dark hair. And it just it looks ridiculous. He he also looks very ridiculous, by the way. Like Chad is a very handsome guy, but like he looks very goofy. He just oh, <laughs> I I this movie is just laughable like every attempt and and even the way they film like the killings in the last um in the last act of the movie mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like one of those montages they do one of those like it's like it feels like it feel it really feels like bits of those scenes um could be used 
in one of those just sort of like fake montages they do for like TV documentaries about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those reconstructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like but... very like slow motion, very heavily blurs. Like, ooh, we're giving you a picture of what happened here while all these talking heads are talking about what happened. It is just like, is, is is that the extent of the creativity? Like, it's bad enough that they're filming the murders as they are. You also have to shoot them like it's like a TV, like a made-for-TV documentary reconstruction. And I also, like, <laughs> when he, like, walks out and, like, looks at Dory, the, like, the, the house owner, and, like, that he, like, you know, playing again, that, like, that he feels he's invincible and invisible and whatever, like... I swear to God, there's police in the driveway. What what was he thinking? He's going like, what the fuck? I I love that sort of invisible part. It's like a part of a great part of his characterization is that oh, it's like it's like he feels invisible. It's like when he does it, it's like he has the sort of disorder where he's like he doesn't know he's being seen, so he just goes on acting deranged. I'm like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. And then the movie insists upon that. It's like, it's like he whispers to to himself, like, I'm invisible, I'm invisible. No one can see me, I can be deranged. Like, what? Is this the dumbest serial killer of all time? I mean, he wasn't, like, he, I mean, he wasn't, like, the the savviest one, like, because, like, I swear to God, no. If you want to see a good Ted Bundy movie, I recommend No Man of God from, I think, two years ago with Elijah Wood and Luke Kirby, Luke Kirby playing Ted Bundy, which is, mm-hmm. which is a movie that is set in the 80s, in the, the second part of the 80s, when Ted Bundy is already on death row. And it's about the creation of the tapes. So it's really about like those interviews and it's very like, I mean, it is kind of cliche, but I think it's much better than the two other Ted Bundy movies. So this one, which I, please never watch it, trust us. And then the Zac Efron one, which I think is, I mean, it does things, but I don't think it's a good movie in, in and of itself. And I think yeah. like, no, no man of God is, um, if you want, like, if you want to learn something about Bundy, but you don't actually want to like watch documentaries or like read, read it extensively into um, his killings and everything. I really recommend the film. I think that's like gives you like um, the best glimpse of um, who he was, why he did what he did, and sort of like how his life um, sort of like turned into that direction. And um, yeah, I, I recommend. It's fun. It's fun. And plus, I love Luke Kirby. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It because it, this one. It is. It is. It's just very laughable. Like it feel. It feels like a child, like first learning about Ted Bundy and reading his Wikipedia page and like imagining a movie in their head, like what it would be like if they made a movie about this guy. And it's. I mean, any like Ted Bundy's Wikipedia page <clears throat> is quite extensive. Like extensive. It's quite long. So like I feel like he didn't even like bother reading the whole page. He just read like that that first blur you have like right next to the picture. I think he yeah, just read and that it's and like, he's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like and it feels so it's like the first half of this movie, like he kill he kills you you watch him abduct a few women and then like like halfway into the movie you see him get like uh, arrested and then inter- like vaguely interrogated. You don't even really see him be interrogated for long. You just see like the 
the like the psychiatrists talking to the the, um, the detectives it's like this guy he is he he he's 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 talking about himself in the third person. It's almost like he's crazy. He he's a little bit crazy, isn't he, doctor? Does he have split personality? He's a little insane, don't you think? Yes, but he hasn't confessed. So well, oh, like it, this is so laughable. Like I can't believe this was actually me. Like I can't believe this man is continuing to make true crime movies, and like somehow he cast like people that I like from like slightly trashy TV and it's like leave them alone <laughs> it, 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 it's like what kind of level of grifter is this guy because he could be making about if he wants to make movies about serial killers like you could make up a serial killer he can seriously just like make up a character in his own mind but no he just he's sort of trying to prey on these real life superheroes not superhero <laughs> serial killer <laughs> He wants, to do, he, he wants to do the MCU for the serial killers. That's what he wants to do. But like, is, is that what he wants? It's I don't like, know what he's trying to achieve with doing this, all these real life killing movies. And he's like turning two movies per year as well. <laughs> like at least the Ryan Murphy show is like goes in depth. It's like, it's like obviously what Ryan Murphy is doing is also like, murky but like there's also a broader context that's being explored when ryan murphy does american crime story so yeah, plus, like, like you know even like i don't like there, there are some in, in inaccuracies with all three of his shows but like i think he which i think is fair when you like are writing a fictional version of something because like real life is not usually you know written like a play like it's usually not that dramatic so like i understand that like in order to also make an engaging show you have to like sort of decide which narrative threads are more important for you to sort of get your themes across right so like i think i think that's fine and i think um at least i hope so like no one that watches these shows like things are like oh this is exactly how it happened but it's like oh this is like more or less how this happened so like i have like a fictional like a narrative idea about the, those things plus also like especially with the third season impeachment he um monica Lewinsky was one of the producers so you can tell that he as much as he can he cares about like reaching out to these people and sort of um if not telling like a truthful story in all of the details at least like tell it truthfully in terms of like how the emotional narrative sort of played out for those for those people for those characters yeah and but meanwhile this guy the way this guy seems to be making movies about serial killers is just it's like okay like pick a serial killer and he closes his eyes and throws a dart and like it's just a name of a serial killer and then whatever happens to the dart land happens to land on it's like oh time to make it about this one and then just making the most generic broad portrait of what that was like it feels like a money laundering scheme now that i think about it. like all these movies like there, there's something going on here like these we should we should these, these are raquel have to be schemes to... <laughs> these just have to be schemes of some sort we should ask raquel to do some digging with her la connections to find out whether this is a, like a pyramid scheme or something like that or like a comedy scheme it's so weird like look at this, this production company as well yeah Let's chad, we, I, I don't chad, mean... chad chad michael murray at this point he should not come on like this this ted bundy 
portrayal thing. I, I like I get he wanted to do something different, but like Chad, like at this stage of your career, this guy should be playing like divorced hot TV dads. That's his like the that's thing is, like, just my, you know, know your lane. <laughs> <laughs> my theory about Chad is that he like one tree hill was both like the peak of his career and the death of his career because he was playing the main character but like as often happens with these shows like written for cw the main character is kind of written to be like all like for all like that all people from the audience should like it's the same thing happened with elena and the vampire diaries and thus everybody hated his character and yeah and i think like after what like he he also exited one tree hill earlier because he wanted to focus on his movie career but like after that i don't think he did any good movie and i think it was a very good um decision on his part to like have that recurring role on riverdale and i think he should consider going back to tv full-time but not for like Lifetime or Hallmark movies, but like for a proper show uh, that kind of like soapy, but like family drama or something. I think he would be very good at that. But um, yeah, he's he he's not he's a completely likable like screen presence or like he's like extremely watchable, especially on in TV roles like. You can see, like, you can play, he can play, like, a alcoholic divorce dad. He can play a nice alcoholic divorce, a, not, a nice non-alcoholic divorce dad. Like, like at this point, with this look. He would on the whole of the spectrum of, like, divorce dad. He could play yeah, exactly. Like, he should be, like, I, like you, had your, you had your career. Now it's time to be typecast. And getting typecast and, like, you know, one of those, there are so many HBO shows nowadays. Like, they make so many miniseries or whatever it's like every other month there's a new one like just cast chad michael murray as like just some guy like you know he can he he offers a likable face that people recognize and like he he can't keep doing this like movies like this anymore because it's just really sad like he can't keep making movies like american boogeyman and like all these christmas movies like I, i know that he's a christian irl now but like there's so many there's only so many christmas lifetime hallmark movies you can make like like what are we even doing here he did two like so ted bandy came out in 2021 and in 2021 they there were also two other action movies he did back to back with bruce willis (laughs) oh of course yeah (laughs) there are so many of those as well oh like, I just, I. Man, like he he needs. He should he, have stayed longer on Riverdale. He really should have stayed longer on yeah. Riverdale. And I think I just, I will wager a guess that he probably doesn't have a good agent. Oh yeah, yeah. Or maybe he just, or maybe he's over like at doing actual serious acting. He just wants to pay the bills because like. If you if his social media is of any like indication, he really just seems like a normal guy now who just wants to sit around, drink, drink beer, work out sometimes and watch his sports and like pray. 
I mean, but like he can still do that and like spend three months doing a prestige miniseries for HBO. Like, I mean, I don't think those two things are. Yeah, it. Yeah, like someone. I I don't like like I don't genuinely don't see him having a big time movie career. It's like not like he has the like still has movie star potential like Diana Agron, but like I see this guy should be all over TV. Like, okay, there's no way this guy has never played like a TV detective. Come on, oh. there's there are thousands of those shows. Okay, let me. I, I'm on his filmography. So TV detectives. Um... Not even like when a CSI spinoff. Why not? He was like, like in some action thrill thriller called Chosen, and he had the main role there. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in the Marvel show Agent Carter uh, for ABC, um, but then it's like a bunch of Hallmark movies. Yeah, he would be great in like a procedural show, like where he plays like Ralph the first dad detective. Exactly, he should. Exactly, exactly. He is a, such a likable, homely TV presence, which is all you need for TV. Like you see this guy. There's what? Why isn't this guy on like like NCIS or Hawaii Five O? Are those still real shows? I don't know. But it feel he feels like a TV cop now. He just has a TV cop vibe. He should be a TV cop. Like, and like in the show, like, um. <sighs> Chad, hire us. <laughs> we will direct your career. I don't anyway, have any. Uh, I don't have any about... connections, but I'm sure. I'm sure we can find better for him. Come on. I mean, anyway, let's yeah. move on from Ted Bundy and never think about that movie again. Yeah, the chat. We we are we are done talking about Chad's current career and his sort of TV movie career um, because like, that's. That's not doing you any favors, Chad. Come on. Yeah, let's talk about his heyday, aka 2003 to 2005. Yeah. Uh, House of Wax. Good movie, in my opinion. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. I think I... I thought that like the, the House of Wax falling apart at the very end was very, very goofy. And like it didn't <laughs> make sense for me that they had like no like burns or blisters because like wax melting is very very hot but like I think like it was pretty good and I really think that Chad Michael Murray is a good final girl I think he's a good final girl yeah he was the final girl in this one and um he sort of plays um this sort of bad boy um what you we, we did he got we reunited with his rival on Gilmore Girls, Jared Padlecki. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's like it's a Gilmore Girls. It's a Gilmore Girls reun- re- uh, reunion, and um, I mean, like, if we in this movie, judging by how they both are in this movie, like uh, our boy Tristan clearly won because he's looking fantastic. He plays a bad boy. He's like a troubled guy, but he's very likable. He looks so good with that bus cut. Yeah, the bus cut is great. Like the abs are looking fantastic. Just amazing fun. And Jared Padalecki, in, in like on the eve of his supernatural days, just looking raggedy. He has like a weird goatee in this movie. It's just like so the Tristan heads won. They did. Um, they truly did. And it, it's it's like 
Uh, okay, so what's the plot of this movie? Care to explain? Uh, so it's a remake of a remake of a remake. <laughs> it's very loose. Uh, but essentially, you have this group of teenagers that are on a road trip to go to some football game. And uh, they sort of, because they're very tired, they decide to camp out next to the road. And that sort of uh, snowballs into them having a lot of trouble because they happen to be camping next to this abandoned town. And that sort of, and you have a mystery, like there is a sense of mystery about what happened to this town. And in this town, one of the, like, the, the main features is this house of wax. We have a bunch of wax figures and everything is made of wax. And then um, like in the typical slasher manner, the teens get separated and in different ways they get killed off. And we learned that um, there were these two twins, uh, Bo and Vincent, that were Siamese twins. And they got like, not separated at birth, but like they got cut at birth. And um, yeah, and they've killed everyone in this town and turned them into wax figures. And they are now hunting the, the, the teens to do the same with them, essentially. And yeah. uh, our boy Chad plays Nick, who, as you've mentioned, is a bad boy. And he's also the twin brother of the other final girl, Carolee. And uh, yeah, the, ba- the good twin and the evil twin. Yes, which is, of course, a parallel to the... To the, <laughs> <laughs> to the <laughs> To the, to the to Bowen to Bowen Vincent. Yeah. Uh, I think which, it was a good slasher, to be honest. Like a solid pretty good slasher. slasher. I yeah. I like if for me slashers like they have to have like a really like distinctive atmosphere because slashers are all the same. So it had, I feel like slash a good slasher needs to have like either pretty good charisma. Like the characters they hear are fine. Like I I like everyone. Uh, Paris Hilton Hilton's is really funny. <laughs> yeah. So funny in this movie. It's like very funny uh she's just like come on let's ditch this town let's go to new york <laughs> she's very funny it's like why would you go to where this like the smell is she's kind of giving me uh like maddie from euphoria but in the slasher yeah oh my god also they need to cast alexa that mean a slasher that's all i'll say like i know she's Period. like 30 i know she's like 30 at some point at this point but like she needs to be in a slasher I think also Sydney would also like uh, like eat in a slasher. They, they would both eat as like final girls, like yeah. just like completely slashing the stereotype of the the hot girls are the first one get killed. No, no, no. Like they will be the final girls. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I think um, like yeah, like a first slasher to really work. Like the character, the characters have to be pretty likable or distinctive or the atmosphere has to be very distinctive for for it to make up for like obviously the repetitive nature of the slasher motif story type and i think this what really this movie succeeds at is the atmosphere because it's like it in the aesthetic in the aesthetic it captures as well of just like the dirtiest most like southern that like the dirtiest certain town, like American southern town, you can probably picture. It's like all this movie's like defined by like mud and goop. It's so it's so disgusting. Like every shot of this movie when they venture out in the road trip, it's just like there's something disgusting happening in every shot. And I thought that was very well achieved. Um, 
uh, by the directing in this movie. Yeah. Like, uh, with, like, but they go to this old church, everything feels creepy, everything feels like, this is, it really puts you in the spot of like, I would hate to be in this situation. I would hate to be in a place that's this dirty and like disgusting. And I love how, I love the set in the actual House of Wax. Um, it feels and distressing think, and paranoid and everything. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was very well pulled off. And I think they also pulled off this like, uh, like plot twist that like, that within the wax figures you have like the corpses of the people that like they were oh, like yeah that was so waxified. cool such a cool because, idea because like at first i just felt like oh this is a creepy town with like a bunch of wax figures like i i really like when a horror movie pulls off a surprise and i think house of wax really pulled it off like you you wouldn't guess i think that like the that the people are inside of those uh yeah. figures you would yeah. just think that like they murdered them and i don't know put in a pit like the the roadkill and they just like yeah. made the wax figures to sort of make it feel less it, empty yeah so. it made it feel more disgusting and a good slasher needs to be disgusting yeah it it made things feel more disgusting more unpredictable i love the scene where they first murk jared padalecki and he's like and i'm very happy that he was the first one to die yeah he was completely the first one to go just a really annoying guy i'm like i don't want to go to new york i like small towns well look at what liking small towns got to you you went to this dirty ass church and now you uh you met this disgusting guy and now you're stuck being like waxed over in a small town like in a yeah it's like that's what you get for not wanting to go to new york with your girlfriend in paris exactly this is yeah and i think chad is also very fun in this movie like he's a very compelling lead i would say he's very he's like i don't think chad is like a great actor but i think he has a very charismatic like screen presence and like he's yeah he's very, very likable he's completely yeah. enjoyable to watch on screen every time he pops he's like hey there's chad it's always he's always welcome yeah exactly except when he plays in bunny yeah <laughs> We've talked about it. It was a bad move. Bad it was move. a bad move. Uh, but, and, but yeah, well, I love that scene where with Jared Padalecki where he's just like, he's, he's, he's like, uh, he's like strapped and like, though you see the whole mechanism of how they get like sort of waxed over. Mm-hmm. It was just like the most, it's like some saw shit, like very disgusting looking. I appreciate that. I like it. I, I like how, I love how grimy this movie feels. And it's just also, like it doesn't scare you, but it makes you feel like, ooh, that's ooh. so sticky and disgusting. And I think it's also very fun that they're using a material that you wouldn't necessarily think to be scary. You know, like wax is not like yeah. what you think of when you think of horror movies, I think. Like, at least to me, wax and like playing with wax is like a very pagan thing to do, like when you're trying to like sell your fortune or whatever. But it's not like it's not like a it's not like, you know, I don't know, tools or, or, I don't know, taxidermy or, I don't know, skins, right? So, like, something that, like, feels very horror-y. It's, like, it's relatively, it's not a texture that I would think would work towards, uh, like, terror within the movie. And, like, that, that aesthetic. And I think it's also very fun to, like, see something. I don't know. It was, it was a very fun movie. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like my slashers goopy and grimy and disgusting and and this this gave me that it was just like nothing was clean everything was like 
it's 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 just like you're going camping out with friends, but everything is disgusting and everything is goes wrong and like it's 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 a good it captures a good vibe, I would say. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and again, I think casting Chad as a final girl, very good, <laughs> very good move. Yeah, and, and I did like I did like the twins. They, they were yeah, they were cool, like dice dichotomy to their dynamic. But you know they, they really cared for each other. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a perfectly serviceable slasher um and yeah I, I like chad like we usually saw him in sort of romantic teen romantic comedies and like these very um in these like teen tv Heart, shows where like where he plays like, heartthrobs yeah, yeah exactly and like here he's he's like i'm glad he had this slasher era like i feel like Every teen heartthrob should have a slash error. And um, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that Timmy is not doing any horror. I mean, he probably thinks wrongfully that it's beneath him at this point. But nah, he should I like mean, he should have had he should have had a slasher when he was doing like instead of doing Love the Coopers, he should be doing this. <laughs> he should have been doing a slasher, yeah. I mean, like, I, I <clears throat> don't understand why Jordan Peele wouldn't cast him. Like, if he wants to do like more of the quote unquote like enhanced horror. Like, do one with Jordan Peele. Like, what is stopping him? That is, that's curious. What would Jordan Peele write for him, actually? That's interesting. Yeah. I need uh, to know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, everything Hardthrop should have a slasher. And I'm, I'm glad he got, he, got, he got his. And he also met Paris Hilton. So it's very funny that Paris Hilton is in this movie. Because she's not even in that much of it. And she was already famous. She wasn't, she was really not in that much of it's like it's like if like i don't know like kendall jenner was in a horror movie now but you didn't really see much of her at all she was like kind of i'm pretty sure that paris was just like ah, i want to do a horror movie like i just like something that i want to do I yeah like. it's like uh like she you know she doesn't get much to do i was like maybe if, if there's something i would i would have enjoyed to see paris just like uh, strolling around with Jared Padalecki in that town as well, just just to see how she would react to, to the house, to the wax figures, instead of just being stranded in bumfuck nowhere. But yeah, like, and, but she had, a, I think she had the best kill. In the, in the oh, movie. definitely had the best kill for sure. Like I, oh, the, the when she gets impaled, just completely impaled. Queen. <laughs> Like I love when the the brother I don't remember, I don't quite remember which one he is the the disfigured fucked up one that that like he, Vincent I think Vincent yeah he just like really like she's already dead but like he goes over and like sticks the knife in her and, and, and like a more like pounds the knife in order to stick it in her neck further so that was really cool yeah yeah House of Wax is a fun one it's a fun it's like a so, like goopy, disgusting, grimy movie that takes place in um, like a southern American small town in which yeah. probably in which no one lives. It's like I, I would recommend a house of wax to someone that like likes old school slashers, but I've already seen all of them and like wants something with a similar feel. Yeah. But that is new, <clears throat> and I think House of Wax works. Also, also has uh, 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 instead of like the '80s, since has some of that 2000s uh, new metal 
like yeah. the deaf like the deftones play play in like the opening credits it has like a very new metal vibe to I it mean, as well i mean the opening the the opening scene with like the, the the twins and like the mother it felt very american story-esque in the sense of like a horror story-esque because like brian murphy like often like opened seasons this way you know like, yeah I, I get the vibe even the coloring was very like american horror story-esque um you know yeah, he, I think, what if Ryan Murphy did the House of Wax remake? That would, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it, because like I read that, like it's, it started out as a short story at the beginning of the 20th century. Then mm. there was a movie in the 30s, and then there was a movie in the 50s or the 60s. Yeah, in and, the 50s. Yeah. That's yeah. Really... And this was like a remake of the movie of, from the 50s from the 50s but very loosely so like i feel like we are edging towards like a time for that for another remake of that story it is yeah it's it's like yeah why not make another it should be a legacy a legacy movie i think because it's a good idea i like the idea of making wax figures the killers and like making making wax like making victims out of making wax figures out of victims I, which yeah. is why I wanted to say, like, that's a really creepy enough idea. Because like, wax figures are inherently creepy. It's like, you know, that should be a mainstay. You know, they never really caught on in the same way that like chainsaws or like famous serial like famous serial killer movies got popular in the same way. So I think why not? Let's if you if, like Hollywood's running out of ideas with horror anyway. So why not? <laughs> why not do another House of Wax? Yeah, I mean. It's already making too many remakes. Like, what's one more? Yeah. Um, and finally, let's talk about another remake of a remake of a remake. Freaky Friday. And this is the best one, easily. It's Freaky so Friday. good. It's so good. It's a classic. I love that movie. It's a, it's a, I, I love it At this so point, much. it's a true classic. Yeah. I, I do think it has, like, a smoke cult following yeah it. definitely it, it it's definitely talked about that way it's like a classic comedy from the early 2000s and for a good reason like the performances when you talk about like great comedic performances like really felt nice really it really feels hard to have like two comedic performances as strong and with as good a chemistry as uh, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. And I also feel like comedic performances age worse than dramatic performances. And to have like a movie from two decades ago almost be, I, I think, still as funny as it was when it came out. I do think that's a quite, an, quite an achievement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess everyone knows the plot of this movie at some point, <laughs> because the, in some capacity. Essentially, you have a moderated conflict and they get switched for a day, like they switch bodies and they have to learn to appreciate one another's perspective and a lot of hilarity ensues. And um, yeah, and Jed Michael Murray has long hair in this movie, which doesn't happen often, but he totally pulls it off. He completely pulls it off. Like he feels like this movie, this movie was made in the early 2000s but like his look is definitely inspired by like a grunt by like grunge musicians from the early 90s like you can tell this character the stupid little kid who has a hard on for jamie lee curtis (laughs) (laughs) 
like totally listens to like Pearl Jam or like Alice in Chains. It's like it's like he's like a like a, a grunge teen, like to some dipshit who likes grunge music and like, oh, I just want a girl who likes the same rock bands as I do. Yeah. But he's like really nice and a softy underneath it all. Yeah. Yeah. I love this character as well. You've completely only, pulled it off. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't like about his character is I think it doesn't make sense that like he falls in love, like falls back or falls back in love with quote unquote Anna when he sees her play. Because like I feel like Exactly. Makes it, no makes, sense. <laughs> it makes like it would make more sense if he was like still had hearts <clears throat> for, for Jamie. He like and he crashes the wedding after they already switched places and then kind of like it clicks in his mind that like he's back into Anna because like Anna is back in her body. You know what I mean? But like it doesn't make sense that like he switches back from Jamie, which first of all, like you wouldn't switch back from from Jamie in this movie. <laughs> like she especially oh, no. with the haircut, she was so hot. Um, yeah yeah like this is totally a guy that would be all like oh girls my age are so boring and don't like the same things as me I need a mature woman like he would totally be that guy he would completely be sincerely like hung on like uh Jimmy Lee Curtis in this yeah. he would totally be obsessed with him yeah but like with her I feel like it would just make more sense for him to switch back once Anna is in her body, not just like hearing her play. And I was like, oh, that's the love of my life. It was just like, it was a bit silly, but like, it's a, a bit of a silly movie, so it's fine. Hello. Hello, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my headphone, I don't know what happened with my headphones, uh, but now they're back because they're cut out for a bit. And now... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's not your fault. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that movie is just so charming, and he's so charming in it. And like, he this he did this back to back with Cinderella story, and I think that like really solidified his um, heartthrobness. I think definitely because like, and they're very obvious. They're two different characters because the Cinderella story, he plays sort of a like a soft, misunderstood um sports guy um where he like he he's he's a sports guy and everyone wants to be him to play sports and go to college and like uh and but and like um and sort of a very parents yeah like very stereotypical guy role but no he's a soft teen he wants to write okay. um and he yeah, and in, 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 in this one he plays like a softy underneath it all but like his character is less of a jock and he's more of a sort of like cool like, alternative uh, guy i would say yeah like cool guy who likes rock music and it's like wow. like oh i just want a girl that like likes the same bands as me like oh no one no one no one has the same taste as me he's kind of like the he's kind of like the less artsy lead guy from he's all that He's kind of like non-toxic Kyle from Lady Bird. Kinda, yeah, yeah. If if Kyle was not a hassle, an asshole. Yeah, he would be. He would be Chad in Freaky Friday. Um, yeah, like what can be said? When what can be said about like Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis? Like Lindsay Lohan was so young here, but she complete like like the the register of the performance completely switches when. 
um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character possesses her body. It's like, it, it, there's, it, I feel like it's really impressive for a young actor to do that. So like yeah. when, she, when she, she gets possessed by her mother's uh, character and like the way she acts just and the way her body moves just feels completely different. It's like very impressive from Lindsay Lohan there. Yeah, I think it's easier for like older actresses to play teenagers again because they've already experiencing experienced those emotions and those yeah. tears and like everything. I think it's much more impressive in that sense to see Lin- Lindsay pull off so well a stage of life she has not reached yet or isn't even like close to reaching. And yet she has the right poses, she has the right um um tone of voice and like also like she you can tell the inside she's a 40 year old woman and i think that's just oh she's so good in this movie but also yeah. jamie, jamie looks like she has when she's playing her daughter she looks like she's having the most fun ever yeah it, she feels like she's so loose she's like she feels like she's been completely like oh i can do whatever i want in this movie and they're just giving her free rage to act as insane as as she can. And it's like, uh, it's just a f- very fun performance. Uh, it feels like, oh, I get to be a teenage girl again. She's just, just having the time of her life with it. And She's giving but- me, have you seen the new Jumanji with like uh, The Rock no. and Jack Black? <laughs> so in the very first one, Jack Black gets to play a teenage girl. And she like Jamie in this movie is giving me the exact same just joy at playing this character as Jack Black playing a teenage girl in Jumanji. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know Jack Black did that in Jumanji. Watch a compilation of his scenes. He's amazing because he's playing like the hot girl that's like very popular in vain. Like, you know, you know how Jack Black looks yeah. like, and it's just ah, highlight of the movie. <clears throat> but. But I, I really do think um, it, 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 these two central performances are so, so good. And the chemistry between the, the mother-daughter chemistry is so, so on point. And it's so endlessly entertaining to watch that um, like at some point when they're switched back and it, you genuinely feel like Jamie Lee Curtis is this irresponsible teenager around Lindsay Lohan. And the way Lindsay Lohan carries herself is much older than she actually seems. Like, it, it, at some point, it is, I just completely registered. Yes, I am watching a completely just careless, rebellious teenager in Jamie Lee Curtis and the way she's acting. And Lindsay Lohan completely pulls off the poise of an older lady. Just like I, it, it, the dynamic is good as them playing their own age, but as it's just as good as them playing their own age as it is when they're playing the like each other's characters. It's like this is a dynamic I would see have like I would see for so much longer. Like this movie completely flies by because of that chemistry. Yeah, I do think that like the biggest mistake that they've made is that Chad has more chemistry with Jamie than he has with Lindsay exactly like i don't i don't really buy the chad michael murray Lindsay lohan couple to be honest like i buy her being into him but like you don't i mean yeah then again you don't have that many scenes with them like with Lindsay being her own character like the majority of scenes between them as actors like she's playing someone he's like that is not into him and he's not supposed to be into her so like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I. That's like, 
I, I don't I, I feel yeah I never really got obviously the movie the movie doesn't suffer from it because it's that's not the point it's just like watching the shenanigans the, like the body switching shenanigans and like um it's all about watching um Jamie Lee Curtis shred a guitar solo like at the yeah. end it's just totally euphoric moment it's it's it but but yeah like uh you definitely get the feeling that a character such as Chad Michael Murray's character in this movie would just has just would be totally at over heels with the cool Jimmy Lee Curtis and completely cool girl cool mom mode mm. uh just just have like the, the chemistry that never ever would expect working but it completely does <laughs> I don't know like when one watch a sequel where like um Chad uh Chad Michael Murray like they're they're a few years older and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis goes through another divorce, <laughs> and like not divorce because the, the the dad died, the, his her husband died. But like she goes through like like a few years afterwards, she's she's an old lady, she's divorced once again, and like uh, young Chad Michael Murray after college rolls back into town, and then they get married and then Lin- young Lindsay Lohan also after college going back home and has to, to see her high school crush and her mom being a couple that would be feel, very entertaining I feel that's the plot of some movie it's, it sounds familiar <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, there's something there is all I'm saying uh, I mean but like Chad Chad wouldn't like do it now because like he's a no, no, no! Obviously not now anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, Chad's too busy doing Christmas movies, or I maybe know. Jimmy Lee Curtis could be in the Christmas movie. Who knows? With her, with him. Is Jamie even acting, or is she like? Oh yeah, weird? of course she's in. She's in all the the new Halloween ones. Ah oh, yeah, of course. I just like I got so used to like as she's older, her having like shorter hair. It's like when I watched the like the Halloween sequel with her, where she has longer hair, I didn't recognize her. Yeah, yeah, she's in Halloween Kill. She's also in Knives Out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's still she's still out there. Yeah. Oh, good for her. She's very fun. Scream I really like Queens. I mean, I know she wasn't Scream Queens. Oh, that's okay, like okay. the ra- the last <laughs> thing I re- like I vividly remember her doing. And then the rest sort of like, yeah. She, I'm just learning. She did. She did, she had like a five episode run in NCIS. God, she needed the cash. <laughs> Maybe her like goth daughter wanted like some Victorian clothes or something. Yeah. Um. What what a movie? No, Freaky Friday is like. If you haven't seen Freaky Friday, just go ahead because it's like it. It flies by like it's truly completely like, like it feels so much shorter than ninety minutes because it's just it, it 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 is it's a perfect comedy. I would call it a perfect comedy. There's I not do, a single moment that's not that's boring. Um, it's completely hilarious. Like it, both lead performances are complete joy to watch. Like there are great like character actor appearances like. Um, like Stanford from from Sex in the City as like this it's like uh this it's like guy who goes and into we, Jamie Lee Curtis's psychiatrist's and we uh, have another, office. 
and we have another Cinderella story reunion because Shelby from Cinderella story plays the mean girl in Freaky Friday as well. I feel like, oh my God, that girl had like the most lucrative three years and then she kind of disappeared because she, she did Freaky Friday, she did Cinderella story, then she did a season on uh, Veronica Mars. Boom. I haven't seen her in anything since. Yeah, yeah, completely disappeared. Um, also, also, Let me check. <laughs> also, a, a really, really good uh, supporting performance in this movie is Stephen Toblowski, who's also in Glee, um, as the the like the as Lindsay Lohan's teacher, English teacher, who has a who we come to find out has a vendetta against Jimmy Lee Curtis's character because when they were young she rejected him and like even though Lindsay Lohan's character is like smart and even when um Jimmy Lee Curtis is possessing her she completely aces the, like an English quiz like he keeps on flunking Lindsay Lohan's character because he's still too bitter I thought he was hilarious so um, the actress that played the mean girl in Shelby in Cinderella story, she's actually Argentinian. Her name is, uh, I mean, Argentinian-American. Uh, her name is Julie Gonzalo, uh, or Juli, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she's still doing things. She even did like a Hallmark movie. But like she, since she's Argentinian, I, I want her to do uh, a telenovela. She was in Supergirl. Okay. She was in Dallas. Oh my god! In the like the remake of Dallas. Wait, they remade Dallas? Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they remade Dallas. What? Yeah. When did this happen? Or like, or was it like a reboot or something? I, in, in like early two thousands, like I think that's a remake. Release or a reboot? Oh, like so weird. There's too much TV, I feel like. Uh, there's, there are like yeah. shows that no one will ever hear about and no one will ever watch. It's just like there. Like, what is happening? I mean, yeah. I gl I'm glad these small actors are getting paid, but like, what are we doing? <laughs> Who's watching these? But like, it's, the same can be said about movies. Like, more movies are made per year than people watch. Like, there's so many movies that like completely fly under the radar, so... Yeah, I think especially it's like all these of, these hallmark hallmark. Yeah, movies. I think it's, it's a like general just... issue of like over over production, but yeah, no. So it was the 2012 revival of the soap opera of the same name. Okay. And it okay. only lasted for three seasons, but yeah. Oh yeah, do you know who? Do you know? You know what? You know what? Shout Michael Murray. If he, I don't know if he knows Spanish, but if he knew Spanish. He should be a telenovela guy. Oh, he has, like, he, he even has, like, the look. Like, he would have to, like, have slightly more muscles, but he would be perfect for telenovela. I mean... he He's a telenovela guy. Like, absolutely. Like, an older tele... Like, like a mean dad in a telenovela. Like a... Like a very like... Like a, a patriarch in a telenovela. Yeah, kind of, a, kind of like a patriarch. Yeah, exactly. Or, like the 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 out of control brother of a patriarch who's kind yeah. of like driving the family heading driving the family towards danger or something like the, like the second lead like the the like the second male lead in a telenovela yeah kind of like a male villain mm -hmm. who hangs out with the female main villain exactly yeah 
yeah, he should he should go to Mexico. Maybe he should, he should think about going to Mexico Learn and learning Spanish. Spanish. And, there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge market. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I feel like we covered um, three very distinct roles for Did him. you remember that Nick Vallelonga uh, was in Coyote Ugly? Excuse me? <laughs> he was in Coyote Ugly. Who, who was he in? Wait, what? Like, he's listed on IMDb. He's listed in being in it. this is okay he has to be the he has to be the weirdest person to ever have an oscar the muse oh my god oh my god like he has like especially in recent history like this guy has an nick velalonga has an oscar this is insane. And he's in Coyote Ugly. He wasn't. Oh, uh, anyway. He we could be. Jersey Shore Shark Attack. <laughs> how is Green Book a real movie? <laughs> Seriously, how is Green Book real? It's. it's, it's how did white... we come to this? Green Book is white savior complex, like, personified. Like, that movie's just. A white savior complex as a movie. Like, where did it, in twenty eighteen had good movies? A lot of good movies were that were released in twenty eighteen. Like, what what were what was the Academy thinking? I mean, it's like the, I feel like as time passes by, the weirder that choice would be will be. I mean, but like, I mean, have you seen this year's nominations for Oscars? I'm so tuned out. It it feels. I know that like they nominated. Feels faker and faker. They nominated this movie called Coda, which is like an Apple Plus movie. Which like, it was a cute movie, but like it was kind of like. Plus, are these things real? Oh my God. <laughs> like we're just me... making things up at this point. Isn't Coda like a remake of a French movie? It is. A, no, the no, one... no. It's Akara, it stands from a child of deaf parents, and it's about this young girl who's like the only hearing person in her family. Yeah, it's a remake of a French movie. Oh, okay. I didn't know them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the Bellier family. I watched that ah. French movie in class once when I was in <laughs> high school. So yeah, then it's the remake of that one, and it's like, it's, I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but like, I wasn't in the mood to watch something like this. I, it's definitely not a film that I would... Um, nominate but i feel like um oscars were like oh it has like deaf actors so like for representation we have to nominate it it, it, it i feel like no the the oscars award season is dead like like genuinely the, the movies they nominate are getting faker and faker okay wait i so no nominations yet sorry but i can read you the predictions by variety yeah there are no nominations yet yeah but oh, okay. like uh, but the movies that are being discussed from like sag and like okay. the, the guild awards are just so some of these choices are just so like who is talk who is watching these movies one okay. like who is talking about these movies let me let me tell you the top 10 predictions okay okay so it's belfast um fake the, 
No one knows what that is. <laughs> the power of the dog. Okay. Coda. So only people in film circles care about <laughs> care care about Power of the Dog, which is weird enough, but like sure, it's a great movie, so go yeah. ahead. Coda. Okay. King Richard. Fake. Dune. Okay. Okay. That one actually feels somewhat relevant because it's popular and good. Yes. West Side Story. Okay, same case. Those feel real. Uh, licorice pizza. Okay, getting better. The tragedy of Macbeth. So, okay, okay, okay. So I've heard it's really good. Logan really loved it. So I, I feel like I'm going to watch it because I have Apple, Apple Plus through. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to watch it. But like, I'm kind of salty that they, like the only like Shakespeare play that gets like a lot of adaptations nowadays is Macbeth. Which is not to say that Macbeth isn't a good play, it is, but like, I want some variety, please. Uh, then we have Don't Look Up. Ah, oh, of course. I mean, and well, then Tick Tick Boom, because what are Oscar nominations without a musical? I mean, I do think Tick Tick Boom is like a good adaptation of the one man play that um, of the same name. Um, but like, and I think it like it works well as it what as the thing that it was supposed to be. So like both adaptation of the one man show and uh, a sort of uh, like a glimpse in the period of life of Jonathan Larson. But like, um, I don't think it's- uh... It's it's truly, you know, it's- it, it... Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely getting less and less relevant as time passes and Okay. I mean, then, they're mostly boring. They're like, they're, these, many, these predictions are mostly really boring. Cause like, where's House of Gucci? <laughs> oh, House of Gucci. The, well, it's in, the, bring, in yeah. the next 10 places. So the next 10 places are No Time to Die, Boo. That's never getting nominated. Uh, Being the Ricardos. So fake. <laughs> Nightmare Alley. <laughs> Weird that no one's talking about it, but yeah. Is it, has it leaked online or not yet? No, 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 no. Uh, House of but Gucci. This should be the front runner. <laughs> it's Power not the best movie, but it's the most excessive Hollywood bullshit movie of the year. <laughs> it should be dominating. <laughs> then we have Par Parallel Mothers. Okay, I would be happy for, for Almodovar. Uh, Drive My Car. This is, this deserves to be the parasite of the year, honestly. Yeah. The Lost Daughter, which the Lost Daughter, which I would have happy if it got some nominations. Like I, I'm not deluded enough to think that it would win, but I just I want to. Yeah, see it's that too. It's stylistic. Yeah, stylistically, it's too. It's too minimalistic and it's too small scale to be mm -hmm. to warrant these big nominations and this big talk, like big Oscar talk. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the performances should be. I think um, Dakota should get like a supporting a supporting. Yeah. I oh yeah, I could definitely see her getting one. Yeah. Then don't get triggered, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> I mean, listen, if they want to be relevant. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> it would be ridiculous, but. <laughs> then the French Dispatch and then. Also makes away. sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I don't like the Oscars, but. All I want them at this point is that for them to be entertaining, like nominating movies like Belfast and Coda, those <gasps> feel boring. Like do th those think... don't feel like real, like Hollywood bullshit. I want Hollywood excess and bullshit. 
Speaking of Hollywood bullshit, let me see if Razzies have nominations. Like House of Gucci should win 13 Oscars. I feel like House of Gucci should both win, should win both a Razzie and an Oscar. I think like that's what I wanted to see. Oh, God, House of Gucci is so fucking good. Uh, there's no Razzies nominations. That makes me sad. Not yet. Yeah. Are there predictions? No, I mean, like, come on, who cares about Razzie's but us? Uh, Razzie 2022 predictions. Okay. Oh, no, this, this is from June. No one, this is not, no. No. Yeah, no one's predicting anything. I think, I think, um, I think Jared Leto in House of Gucci has a shot. That would be really, really funny. Wait, yeah, if, if House of Gucci, if Jared Leto got both a Oscar nomination and a Razzie nomination for 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 house of gucci because that's the real mark of a true artist if you get like recognized for both yeah like forget triple crown that's like that's where you want yeah oh people are people are talking about um space jam too oh cinderella should sweep that thing oh my god Uh, dear evan hansen is being talked about i think let's like once the nominations for Rousey's drop, I think we should talk about them. Yeah, I think, like, um, like they've, what they've gotten many things wrong over the years. Yeah. Because, but, um, like, like, it's always interesting because you always find out about some level of bad movie that you didn't know existed. You were consistently baffled. <gasps> okay, so I have um, a pre-nomination ballot that was released for uh, in January 2022. So, okay. Worst picture, Diana the musical. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, which I think... oh, I'm, I'm on the I'm on that Wikipedia page too. Okay, so then we have Rogue Hostage, which I haven't even heard what about. Is this? It has John Malkovich. Oh my god. Uh, oh, one Vanquish. Wait, Infinite? Why would Infinite? Infinite's fun. And it's Infinite's this dumb bullshit movie I watched with Logan once, and it's complete just nonsense, but it was so much fun. Infinite Innocent. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Karen, which um Karen. I haven't that? heard of. <gasps> oh, I know what this is. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam 2, Woman in the Window. Yeah, th- those two feel predictable. Where's yeah. Dear Heaven Anson? Oh, there it is. But where's that? <laughs> okay. Scott Eastwood Dangerous. Um, Row something as Charles and Diana the musical, which I don't think is fair because he was the only one that delivered a good song in that musical. Oh, Diana the musical. Uh, oh my God, LeBron James, Casey Affleck. Um, Oh no, a girl Amy Adams got a Razzie. Oh, we're supporting actor. Jared Leto. Yep, the boy's there. Oh my god, I'm gonna see if we got a Razzie. This is this is this is but this is just this means nothing. It's just a single ballot, right? Yeah, I mean those are not official nominations. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. unhappy to see Amanda here because I think she delivers in every single performance. <laughs> Even those I haven't seen. Uh <laughs> Gareth Keegan as the muscle-bound horse trainer in Diana the Musical. Where's Cinderella? 
Yeah, this this Bella has gotten like if you want to talk about bad movies. Also, another movie we covered that we that should be all over this is He's All That. Oh my god! Like I, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't think I like I you know Addison Rae just it's... leave her alone. But also, it feels like a movie they would nominate. Yeah, it's weird that they haven't nominated uh, what's her face. Addison Ray in the worst actress category. If you're yeah, she's gonna it, get nominated. She's getting nominated. Um, what the, the, what Dear Evan it? Hansen, I feel will be all over this too. So, worst remake, ripoff, or sequel: Kissing Booth Three, Tom and Jerry, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. This is blasphemous. If if that makes it, I'm gonna have a vendetta towards. <laughs> the, the, Listen, if if Spider-Man gets nominated for an Oscar, but not but Venom gets left behind, but gets left behind and Ramey for a Razzie, like it did, it's truly over for culture. Like oh it's done. God. Wrap it up. Worst screen couple: Jared Leto uh, and either his seventeen-pound latex face, his geeky clothes, or his accent. The House of Gucci. <laughs> he will be nominated for mark my words. You, please let him be nominated for an Oscar. Please, that oh would be God. so good. Ben Platt and any other character who acts like Platt singing 24-7 is normal, do you have an answer? We all react to uh, the official, oh my god, criticism. The ballot was criticized for snubbing critically fanned performances in films, the nomination of mostly irrelevant pictures, the fact that the worst screen combo category has no actual couples of actors, and the inclusion of Ben Affleck's performance from the critically acclaimed film The Last Duel. Yeah, this this ballot, it's it's weird. Like, I don't think this ballot like will be representative because it's too. Because like, no one has seen these movies. Like, most people haven't seen these movies. Like, these movies aren't even like the most bad talked about movies. And the Razzies always want to like highlight the bad movies everyone was talking about. And like, <sighs> Space Jam is definitely making it. Woman in the Window is probably making it. And I, I yeah. And like the but, House of yeah. Gucci, I think, I mean, Jared Leto in the House of Gucci, I think deserves to be here. But like, other than that, I was like, we watch a lot of bad stuff. And like most of the most atrocious films we've seen from this year are not even here. Where's Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman? Like it was within. <laughs> uh, that was just from, because maybe it's all theatrical releases and that was just TV, a TV movie. Wait, is Ted Bundy, um, American Boogeyman? I almost called him Ted Bundy, American Gigolo. Like... <laughs> Ted, Ted Bundy, American Gigolo. That's a movie I would like to see. Like, could you but imagine like, if they did? What if Ted Bundy was a Gigolo? But also, like, I feel like if we have so many like awards for TV shows, I feel like Razzies should also include more TV. Like, so much bad stuff happens on TV. So much fun bad stuff happens on TV, and like, it feels wrong to exclude it. And also, like. What are these nominations? Like, it's not even like, it's not even the fact that like, I don't agree with some of the nominations. Like I haven't heard about these movies and I haven't seen them and I haven't- Yeah, it feels very re- irrelevant. And I don't think we'll be, it's just a ballot. And I don't think we'll be representative of the overall narrative right. in the, the Razzies. We'll see. It's like he's, he's all that will definitely be a big player, I feel. We'll see when the, the official nominations yeah. get, get revealed. 
But yeah. I would be living if Jared Leto gets both a Razzie and an Oscar nomination. That's what I want. You can make the case for both. That's the genius of that performance. You can really make the case for both. Um. Anyway, I think this is enough for today. Yeah, we've. You know, you know what we should put in the as the ending song. What? Chat singing "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" from from Pretty Friday. Oh, okay, sure. Because I had it, no idea for the song, so. It was on the official soundtrack, so I think you can find the the song somewhere. Oh, great. Oh, I'm glad they put that on the soundtrack. That's really good. <laughs> But yeah, um, that was it. Um, Chad will always be one of our favorite white boys i think even if we disagree with his career trajectory right now i feel like yeah he has a special place in our heart you should come back to riverdale mm-hmm. he should he should be i feel like he should have been if, so many ways so many wasted opportunities for chad michael in these days like i feel like he should come back and play also um like one of those tv comic book villains for like the flash or something yeah Yeah. come on chad we're rooting for you come on yeah anyway uh that's it for today and enjoy please now the rendition of hit me baby one more time by chad michael murray show me how you want it to be Tell me, baby, cause I need to know now Up because my loneliness is killing me And I, I must confess, I still believe, still believe If I'm not with you, I lose my mind Give me a sign Hit me, baby Ooh.